Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! And we're back, your favorite royal podcast. I'm Roberta. I'm Rachel. And we are back with another episode of Royally Obsessed. A couple royal reminders. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. Please, please, if you haven't already, we would love a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And you can tell us your favorite royal in the review if you'd like. Send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Rachel, what do we have coming up? We have so much coming up. Can I just quick interrupt? What have you done with your eyes? Like, your eye makeup is on point. <laughs> like, through the Zoom, I can be, it I, looks incredible. It looks like my eyes are closed. Um, I got eyelash extensions for the wedding that I was in, oh. and they are so dramatic. They're the ones that um, last for like six weeks or something. Worth it. So they. I noticed they it are, in a meeting yesterday like, with you, and I meant to say something, and I'm saying it now on the podcast. So it's Roberta's- like I wake up and I have a full face of makeup on. It's really weird, but it's great. It's, it's actually amazing. great because you you like hop out of the shower or you like you know, wake up and you're ready to go. So oh, Zoom hack. Gorgeous. <laughs> well, yes, we have so much coming up on this week's episode. We're getting into the details of this pay-for-play scandal with Charles, which is very nuanced, very complicated. Dun, dun, dun. Also, who is Michael Fawcett? We need to talk about that. Very We've got sketchy. some leaked details about Operation London Bridge, which is so not cool. Not happy so about upsetting. that. Yeah. There are early reviews of Spencer. I was not expecting that over Labor Day weekend. we got to talk about that and our own takes on the Lifetime movie. Uh, more 40 for 40 magic, mentorship, all the stuff. We have so much coming up. Roberta, what are we sipping, first of all? And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. For this episode, we are sipping the pale rosé, which is a dry rosé, a delicious end of summer. I think to end summer on a high note like this, it's from the same people as Whispering Angel, which is like, it's from Provence, really well known. I feel like everyone knows what Whispering Angel is. Um, so yeah, it's delicious. A great I think way to this end is summer. like my favorite rosé of the whole year. Like of all, like I am obsessed with this. I also did a mini photo shoot with the bottle because it is the prettiest label. It's so label. pretty. It's so great Gatsby. I feel yes. like it, you don't even want to drink it because it's so cool. Um, Rachel, what were you sipping for your birthday? Oh, what? Which was this <laughs> I don't, weekend? Should I say I don't remember. I, I definitely drank <laughs> I a little too much at my birthday dinner. I was out until 1.45 in the morning. What? No, you weren't. Yes. And I had to run home because what did the babysitter, the babysitter I love our babysitter, she texted me that my son woke up. And I, I was only one block away, but I felt like a horrible parent. But I had such a great birthday. I think I just had rosé. It was not the pale rosé, but it was rosé. And we got a few bottles. So it was a, it was oh. a decadent night. I think whenever was you go out Was it friends or just you and friends? Matt? No, we went out with friends. Oh, so it was really, good. really fun. Um, but and he made was- your birthday cake? 
I, I'm not yes, done. My I husband, <laughs> my husband uh, made a birthday cake. Funfetti is my go-to um, every year. He's like, you're a child, but I, <laughs> I love, love Funfetti. It's it so was, good. It was a really good birthday, but what no about your weekend? Please tell me everything about this fairy tale wedding. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was in the mountains outside of Denver, two hours outside of Denver. It was quick. I mean, I was only there basically Friday to Sunday morning, so very quick, but, um, but it was incredible i mean the oxygen though is is actually really well, yeah, did thin you notice it, that yeah i really did and like I, I tried to drink a lot of water and stuff but even just going up like one flight of stairs i was out of breath um one of my friends went on a run in the morning you know those people that like get up early on vacation i'm and go so on impressed runs? by those people <laughs> i wish i was that person i'm totally not but um they were like it's like running underwater which i felt like Ooh. it's like yeah you just are it's so so hard to breathe but it was I mean, literally breathtaking. So it was, it was beautiful. I loved your dress. I had the bride and groom stunning. It looked so stunning. beautiful. Oh, I'll relate that to. Can I right, sneak well, in the fact sipping... that I finished Harry Potter? That's my last update. Oh, yes. yes. I finished oh. book six. So I'm on to book seven. I went and bought it. So big deal oh, over here. It's my. within my grasp, the end. And I'm very upset about what Snape's deal. I just need to know. I'm just stressing. So I'm not going to say anything more, but um, I'm stressed. Rachel, I'm jealous. I'm so jealous that you're like I've never seen consuming any of the this either. for the first time. Oh, I'm so excited for you. Book seven. You're you're really like a voracious reader these I'm days. I'm not. You're this going book fast. is just obviously so good. Like how did so I read good. 650 pages in a couple weeks? I actually, I started a really good um, thriller this weekend and I'm almost done with it. That's what how good it is. It's called Falling by T.J. Newman, and it's um, about if you're – well, I was on the plane while reading it, which was a bad idea because it's about (laughs) a plane crash, but I would highly suggest if anyone hasn't read it, it's amazing. She was a former flight attendant, and so it's, like, very in-depth about about that. So really good thriller, Falling, I believe it's called. Um, All right, but also while we're sipping quickly, I just wanted to mention those critics' reviews of Spencer. Yes, let's talk about it. Yeah, so the British media is kind of – like lukewarm on the subject the uk times gave it two stars the mail also gave it two stars out of five and they said it was a terrine of purest whimsy the mm. only british publication that really loved it i guess was the guardian they gave it five out of five stars saying it's an extraordinary film that spins the headlines and scandals into a full-blown gothic nightmare it says that it reminds this critic of rebecca which i i had just watched the remake of that actually so i was oh. like oh that's interesting um the american media though really loved it the new york times said stewart always proves to be a grounding presence no matter how lost diana gets the more the movie goes on the more casting even seems like a meta stroke of genius stewart is one of the few people on the planet who has known paparazzi scrutiny that is even somewhat comparable to the fusillade of flashbulbs that hounded diana until her death so hmm the weird thing, though, did you know that there's, like, some crazy scene where there's a ghost in the movie? Yeah, that she, like, has like, a hallucination, and it's Anne yeah, Boleyn. Yeah, it's the ghost of Anne Boleyn. I just think I'm so – I, like, can't wait to see this part because I'm, like, I'm so intrigued by it. I can't wait to I see it. Yeah, know. I love that the reviews are so polarizing. I feel like I did see a U.S. one from Time Magazine that was a total, like, you know, splat, as they say, on Rotten Tomatoes. On Rotten Tomatoes, it has an 86% which is high. So that's really that impressive. That is really high. Wait, is a splat good or bad? Splat is bad. So time gave oh. it a time panda. <laughs> yeah. That's how I read it. A splat. Like yeah. a squished yeah. tomato. Uh, uh, yeah. I really can't. Okay. So they it. are pretty mixed. The reviews are pretty mixed. I'm so excited to decide. 
for myself. Are we seeing it together? Yeah, we have to. We have to. Duh. I'll, Duh. Drive to, I'll drive to Philly. We'll make it happen. We have to. Oh, I wish we could this weekend. When Unless we get invited. Are they going to do like a screening? We need to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a dream. Well, so we are continuing our conversations and our sort of month. Maybe we'll have to extend it. We are getting more emails about, uh, you know, sort of continuing talking about the 40 for 40 campaign and mentorship that Megan Markle set up for her 40th birthday. So we want to read this note from Kim. Hey, Roros, I surely haven't written in since the birth of Archie. We share a birthday and I got the news on vacation in Cuba. That's a fun fact. Yeah. A little bit of a different tone today, though, as I have struggled in the last nine months or so as a COVID economic casualty. I live in Michigan, which is heavily focused on the auto industry. You will be hard pressed to find someone in Michigan without a friend or family tied to the industry. So in December, right ahead of the holidays, I experienced my second layoff. Looking for jobs and hitting the same rejection dead ends. That's the low part. I was honestly grateful for this change. This job wasn't right for me. So what have I done? I've applied and been accepted to grad schools only to have immediate sticker shock and panic. Networking or getting help from those around me is hard for me because even though I know I lost the job solely due to COVID, I just feel like such a reject. I'm looking forward to having some inspiring conversations with anybody committed to 40 for 40. I've been in the auto industry for the last six years and was in nonprofit work. Girl Scouts, she was doing an administrative role prior to that, which is my real love. I would love to hear from anyone that could point me in the right direction of how to do grad school on a budget or return to either of the industries above. I had been accepted to NBA programs. I have an excellent data miner and shine in customer service. I'm really grateful to you all and Megan, of course, for this initiative. Thank you so much. Cheers, Kim. I loved this. I mean, I feel like this is something where we want to put it out there to our audience and see, you know, any listeners from Michigan in nonprofit work, customer service, data mining. And do you have any insight for people that are looking to get their MBA on a budget? It's It's really challenging. It is really challenging and totally get the sticker shock. I did my MBA and I, I mean, it's, it is, it's crazy. So, I mean, thank you, Kim, for being so candid with us, first of all. And then also, yeah, anyone listening that, yeah, is in nonprofit work, data mining. She was also, you know, in the auto industry. I think we've already gotten some email and responses to our last letter. And so I think that this is really kind of wonderful that we can connect people from this audience with each other. Um, so even if you just have advice about getting, you know, your MBA on a budget, I feel like I'm definitely going to write to Kim and give her some of my advice that I have. Um, please email us info at gallerypodcasts.com. That's info at gallerypodcasts with an S.com. And let us know. Let's help Kim out. Yeah, we want to connect you guys. So thank you for writing in. And we'll yeah. read more 4440 over the next couple of weeks. All right, this week in royal history. And now, this week in royal history. Another sad history week. This Monday marked 24 years since Diana's funeral, which took place September 6, 1997 at Westminster Abbey. She was finally laid to rest in a private ceremony at Althorpe, which is her the Spencer family estate. So we wanted to play a news clip from the Nat Geo documentary, Being the Queen. On the eve of Princess Diana's funeral, the royal family is returning to London, hoping and perhaps to quell some of the criticism of their actions since Diana's death. The Queen's convoy arrived in London. As it swept up to Buckingham Palace, the limousine halted at the gates, and the Queen and Prince Philip got out to take in the mass of floral tributes. Do you remember where you were 
Rachel? For the funeral? Yeah. Or do you remember like seeing it on the news? Yeah. I mean, I watched the whole thing. I think I even taped it on a VHS. I was so, I mean, I'm, I've told you this. I, I think it was like five hours too. Yeah. And I long. just was so gutted that whole, like I really went into a deep, like I, I felt very in touch with my feelings. I mean, I was in high mm-hmm. school, but I feel like mm-hmm. it was just such a dark time because it was something that was so unexpected and shocking. And and I felt yeah. such a connection to William and Harry at the time. So I think that that was my entry point. But I remember the funeral and them walking behind the coffin and how just heartbreaking that was. Yeah, what a scene that was. Yeah, Harry even spoke about that in that Newsweek interview in 2017 that's so often quoted. But he said, I don't think any child should be asked to do that under any circumstances. I don't think it would happen today. Um, we also had the Queen's speech the day before on September 5th. And we know, you know, the monarchy was under a lot of pressure from the public to say something. You know, the flags were still flying at full mass. There was um, there wasn't any statement. There was just people really, really wanted to hear from the royal family about this. So here's what she said. Since last Sunday's dreadful news, we have seen throughout Britain and around the world an overwhelming expression of sadness at Diana's death. So what I say to you now as your queen and as a grandmother, I say from my heart. First, I want to pay tribute to Diana myself. She was an exceptional and gifted human being. In good times and bad, she never lost her capacity to smile and laugh, nor to inspire others with her warmth and kindness. I admired and respected her for her energy and commitment to others. I hope that tomorrow we can all, wherever we are, join in expressing our grief at Diana's loss and gratitude for her all-too-short life. I feel like it's really quite emotional for a royal family statement from Mm -hmm. the Queen. I just think, you know... There's a lot of emotion behind those words, and you can hear it. And she also says, as a grandmother. Um, and I think this was her first address post-Gulf. The Gulf War was the first one she did out of turn. She always does the Christmas addresses. But this was mm-hmm. the – it had been that long of a gap. She doesn't do these wow. very often, as we know. Right. Um, I think it's such a challenging thing, like, to, to ju- you know, to look at how someone's handling their grief. I know that her first reaction was – William and Harry and they were at Balmoral and I I feel so conflicted but I do feel like the people wanted to hear from her and so she finally you know came through with this address but yeah. people felt it was way too late right and I, it's kind of interesting because it puts into contrast you know we know that Diana's brother Charles Spencer gave the eulogy at the funeral and kind of was you know very honest about his feelings toward the royal family and their treatment of Diana and was pretty scathing. And then, you know, you think the queen and the royal family are grieving, you know, it's, it's, it's hard because it's like, you can, you know, that his frustration is coming from a place of grief, but he's kind of, you know, attacking the people that are kicking them while they're down kind of thing. You know, it's like, and he talks about raising Harry and William, how Diana would have wanted them outside of the royal, the institution, I guess you can say. So it's, it's, a uh, it's really tough. Yeah. Um, it's crazy too. I mean, I just think just in general coming up on 20 years of September 11th too, that's, mm-hmm. that's an anniversary. And the next year will be 25 years since Diana's death. Um, and, you know, we know that Harry's memoir is planning to come out in the fall of next year. I'm wondering if it'll be timed anywhere near this. And I'm thinking that his memories of, 
of that day of the funeral will probably be in the memoir, I would think. He, I mean, he's talking yeah, about so it. Yeah, I'm so curious what he'll focus too. on. Yeah. Yeah. All right, moving on. Prince Charles and this pay-for-play scandal. I feel like Charles is just kind of underwater with a lot of this stuff lately. Uh, the news is basically that Charles's right-hand man, Michael Fawcett, who is current role as chief executive of the Princess Foundation, he temporarily resigned this week after a 2017 letter surfaced in which Fawcett promises a Saudi tycoon a knighthood and British passport in exchange for a hefty donation. And I think the donation was like to the tune of 1.5 million if I'm around in that area. This is not the first time either, right? No, like, no. There was a Camilla nephew, yes. right? What is tempor- temporarily resigned? So, so right now he hasn't like officially quit. So he's still in the role, but I think that there's an investigation basically going in because, you know, Charles's reaction was denial, but also he questioned the authenticity of this letter that suddenly surfaced. And then they, Mm. they, his uh, house released a statement saying the Prince of Wales has no knowledge of the alleged offer of honors of, or British citizenship on the basis of donation to his charities and fully supports the investigation now underway by the Prince's foundation. The weird part about this that (laughs) makes it all the more sketchy is that the money i guess went to like renovate highgrove oh i didn't see that oh yeah that's what i read is that like it was like furnishings for highgrove house it's like oh that's like personal that's like really personal like not just like oh it's going to the charity like part of it went to like these restoration projects that supposedly i don't know if i'm getting my news from there that's <laughs> the crazy i did not see that detail I, that's what i read well, yeah the bigger ooh, picture sketchy. so they're they're looking at doing an investigation within the prince's foundation but they're public and a lot of anti-monarchists are calling for the metropolitan police to investigate cressida dick the commissioner who we've heard her name a lot recently yeah. on the podcast she's a very busy woman right now with the royals <laughs> between this and prince andrew and stuff oh they want gosh, a yes. formal police investigation into this matter because pay for play is a really serious offense I thought it would be interesting, Roberta, just because my I had so many questions about Michael mm-hmm. Fawcett, and I thought that you and I could kind of talk about that because immediately with this news breaking, I felt like the papers were so quick to attack him. Like it was like they've been waiting for this moment and looking into it a little bit more, he kind of is deserving of it. So one thing that is interesting is of all the people that Charles works with, He's said about Michael Fawcett, one of the quotes is that I can manage with just about anyone except for Michael. Wow. Michael's also been in Charles's life for and the Queen's life and the royal family's life for a very long time. He's 58 years old. He makes about 95,000 pounds a year. He started as a footman for Queen Elizabeth II in 1981, then was promoted to sergeant footman, then became Charles Valet. I feel like this is like a Downton Abbey episode, all these titles. Like, it's just kind of making me laugh. But And he was even given a mem- made a member of the Royal Victorian Order in 2000. I, I think it's 2000. Um, but he, this is not the first time he's resigned. It's also not the second time he's resigned. It's the what? third time. So he temporarily resigned. How is this person still around? That's the problem. This is why I think a lot of the media is jumping to like, this is a bad thing. Charles needs to sever this once and for all, because otherwise this is just, it's not okay. But basically Michael resigned once before in 1998 after staff complained that Fawcett used his connections to basically bully everyone around. 
that resignation only lasted a few days. He was brought back on as Charles's personal assistant. And so that's like a promotion. He resigned again in 2003 after it was discovered. Wait for this. Wait. He was taking gifts given to Charles and reselling them. <gasps> no. <laughs> right? I mean, that's like not like what really kind cool. of gift? There was a Rolex. Like fancy things. So he was cashing in on those things. I'm sure Charles didn't want or need. Who knows if he even was aware of them being received. Was aware of it. Yeah. yeah. But still. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, this headline. Wait, how do you how do you get fired and then promoted by the same people? That I guess. Make I mean, sense. I guess you could. The nicer way to look at it is that you were put in a different role that didn't have you with that group that was complaining about you. And you were. I don't know. I mean, that's bad. But That's he was really brought bad. back on. He was cleared of these charges too. Like he was brought back on again to work on his philanthropic, Charles's philanthropic uh, sides of his life. So after selling the stuff, he, you know, he keeps being brought back on. The Times headline was like the nine lives of Michael Fawcett, Prince Charles's toothpaste squeezer in chief. I mean, that's brutal. <laughs> like this, you talk about the relationship with the firm and the media and all this stuff. Like they are going for it with Michael Fawcett, which is fascinating to me. Just looking at it. It is fascinating, too, because, like, Charles kind of dodges a lot of the heat because it's being put place on. And I mean, who knows how much knowledge he had of faucet stealing. That's what I think is interesting. The defense of Charles here is that apparently a lot of the complaints against Michael Fawcett were that he had so much autonomy because he was such a right-hand person of Charles that there's a really high possibility that Charles truly didn't know that it had gotten to this point, but he just so needed him. This is, I hate to mention something that was in the Daily Mail, but I just, I had to share this. I was reading all these things. Um, That Michael Fawcett to Charles was said to be as non-negotiable as Camilla in his life. What a a line, right? But here's the thing. If you have that much autonomy because you are that high up in his life, you also have been... Uh, you've been basically fired twice for shady stuff and now you're back again like i would think that you'd you i don't know i just think that that you'd be like one more t- one more strike and you're out michael yeah, and how do you and keep like, getting strikes like these things how do are you not... keep get how do you keep giving him a job? It yeah. just seems so weird to me that he's even, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and this last little piece of information and a couple of pieces mentioned about how, I guess he was pretty friendly with Diana during their marriage, but when the split happened in 92, it was like, he was very firmly team Charles, Michael Fawcett was, and other details, there was another thing that I read that said that Diana even had the locks on their marital apartment changed, but not because of Charles, because of Michael. So... <gasps> You know, I just feel like in general, Charles has to make a choice. But this is also that whole like the firm thing, right? Like, who are yeah. these people that are in the employ of the key players of the family? Like, this yeah. guy doesn't sound good. I mean, if he has made this many mistakes, why yeah. has he still got the gig? Right. Also, like with Prince Andrew coming under so so much, you know, scrutiny and with his ties to Jeffrey Epstein. And then is this like... Is this like a distraction kind of like heads will roll for Charles mm. and nobody's now paying attention to Prince Andrew. I like the way trying to serve papers. Too. I don't know. It's just all I feel like I'm not, <laughs> now a conspiracy theorist about the rules. But no, no I mean, it's, it is kind of like interesting, too. It's like Charles is I mean, we'll get into this next, but like he's next in line. He's going to be king. So yeah. you can't have this le- like 
we just said this is the third time that we're hearing about these kind of cash for access schemes and related to Charles and you just cannot have this no. as king. I just think the queen must be so She must upset. just be like at Balmoral. I think she's still there being like she's Ugh. like I'm never I'm never passing out the torch <laughs> yeah, to the crown. I will oh, live forever. Ma'am. It's decided. Next up, the Queen's funeral plans were leaked, so Politico got hold of the official government details about Operation London Bridge, which we know is the Queen's funeral plans, and Operation Springtide, which is Charles's ascension. Many of the details what will happen upon the Queen's death were previously published. We knew about them from a 2017 Guardian article, but that report didn't include details of official government plans, nor COVID mentions, which are now such a big you know, undertaking as far as logistics, as mm-hmm. far as London being crowded, if if they are planning a funeral. Also, it just feels so off. I just want to say this right up front. To have this conversation when she's not in ill health, when we have no reports of her being sick, when Prince Philip, her husband of 70 plus years, died five months ago. But how did they get hold of the... So, I mean, I guess it makes sense to have the preparations, like, but that should be like lock and key. Like, it's kind of like creating a, yeah. a will and Actually, setting up a, that financial, like, how is this leaked? Well, you know what's weird is that a lot, a lot of people have the plans. So it's actually Ooh. really not that surprising because they, ha- they have to inform like a ton of ministers in government mm-hmm. and all the government departments. So a lot of people do have the plans. They don't have the full plans. And not I don't it. even think that Politico got their hands on the full... Like uh, the Telegraph follow-up article that was like, we're trying to find the mole that leaked this. They even said like, this is it. This is just scratching the surface of the plans. Wow. Um, but it is what the official government uh, will do. And so the new revelations in these plans um, is that D-Day, which is the death the day the queen dies, they've nicknamed D-Day, will see flags lowered to half-mast within 10 minutes of the public announcement. And a big thing is that they're worried the logistics of that, they don't have anyone standing by the flags to lower them at all times. So it's kind of like, do they hire an external team that's like on hand right away? It's just very, it's all very interesting. I think King Charles will also give a King Charles, which feels so weird. It feels so weird, weird to say. To say. Doesn't King roll Charles, off the tongue right now. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. King Charles will give a televised address to the nation at 6 p.m. that day before departing on a whistle-stop tour of the U.K. The day of the Queen's funeral will be a day of public mourning, but it won't be called a bank holiday. And I think that's just because of the wording of that. They don't want to say holiday. Yeah. But it is essentially one, and it's it's – even though it's between the employer and the employee, they're basically everyone's going to have the day off. Um, no retweet. This is interesting. This is like a random fact. No retweets allowed by the government unless cleared by a communications officer. So all oh. the like we saw with Prince Philip, though, a lot of the social media accounts will go black. It was so coordinated. The, I yeah, mean, they the did royal such a beautiful black. job with Prince Philip's passing, like mm-hmm. the royal family and all the related houses and stuff. I remember being so impressed by the cohesiveness there. It's like, yeah, that was really well done with all the, and all the personal snapshots and stuff like that. But it is a really, really, I don't know. I think all of this is so upsetting to think it about. It sucks. It sucks to think about. Cause it's like, it, it has to be so orchestrated in order to be this kind of universal show of mourning. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, that feels 
good, but it's also, it stings that you have to think about the plans for someone's death, especially someone like the queen. Yeah. I mean, does this make you feel like when I read all of this, I was thinking like, what, how will I react? How will I take it? And I feel like my thought is that anyone who's royally obsessed should automatically get the day off also, you know, because it's going to be really hard. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, she's like the steady, she's the like, you know, the rock of the, like you just, she's just who we look to for everything. And so it'll be a massive change. Uh, totally and with social media now too it's like we're gonna you know see all these reminders and videos of her and photos of her and be really reflective and really I think I'm gonna be in my feelings as they say you know that's like yeah reflecting on like Diana's passing as well I think that that's what is so different about this time is that back then there wasn't social media and now we have that and I think that it kind of makes it harder. Like you think about your feed, right? It's all royal accounts every time you walk yeah. log in. It's yes, exactly. it's like it's a very, you know, hard <laughs> to walk get into away. My account. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. Exactly. The only accounts totally. that pop up are royal. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> Forget babies and, and family. It's just royal. And you and a few friends. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. you you always are top of the feed. Uh, it's true though. I mean we are gonna be bombarded by it no matter what. The American press obviously talks all about the royals all the time. I mean, we're we're on a podcast dedicated to that, but yeah, it'll just it'll just be really hard. And I think that, you know, the timing of this is weird too. Like we were just, you know, remembering 24 years since Diana's funeral and then these funeral plans show up and there's it's a it's almost like alarmist because it's like is there something going on we don't know about? I'm sure there's not. It, you know, the queen seems to be in great health, but it just I it, think it's just you know, planning heard, like a state like just, in the way a state yeah. planning happens and all that stuff, but I just don't want to read about it. But I'm sure the <laughs> Feels stress uncomfortable. Too, I mean, we're in COVID. She thankfully has gotten vaccinated. We know that, but you know, we're in the middle of COVID. She's at Balmoral in Scotland till I think they said October, but she has the stress of Andrew with this Epstein stuff and now Charles like I'm sure that that's weighing heavily on her and I feel like the Michael Fawcett though has to pale in comparison to Andrew I hope (laughs) oh my god yes totally I shouldn't come I shouldn't say them in the same sentence I agree but but I I feel like I mean gosh it's 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 totally different levels of yeah like yeah yeah, it's totally different I did I was wondering did you see today that there was an announcement that there's actually going to be a BBC one documentary coming up that is going to all about Prince Philip it's called Prince Philip the royal family remembers and interviews with all this, all the kids. So Charles and Whoa, really? um, Edward and, and Andrew. Why did I blank? I just like blanked on his name for a second. Uh, and then also the grandkids, William and Harry, participated in this. And apparently, what? it was I, I just saw the news break, and it is going to be September twenty second. Apparently, it was something that was going wow. to happen in honor of his one hundredth birthday. So it was already in progress and being worked on and put together. But they pivoted it once he passed away. So that's something to look forward to this month. I cannot wait to see that. That's pretty momentous to have them all together, especially Harry in the mix and Andrew. I mean, gosh, we haven't heard from him. You know, he's hiding. That would be kind of weird. Yeah. But to see William and Harry in the same documentary, I feel like I'm sure that it's got to be like the still COVID. Like, I wonder if people zoom in. I think Zara Tyndall participates. Like, everyone's in different places. So I have no idea. How do we watch something that's on BBC One if we don't have it? That's the challenge. What's that weird app you got? Oh, Britbox. I wonder. If we could watch oh, it through Britbox. Oh, no, no. Is it Britbox? Yeah, no, what's the Oh, Flimco. Philo? 
Philo? Uh, no, it's not Philo. Wait, I keep calling it like Plinko. I had to download okay. an app to watch the <laughs> Meghan and Harry Lifetime movie, which we will discuss. But um, but yeah, we'll have to sleuth that out, how to watch it. BBC One, maybe BritBox. So I'll look into that. But so we have time. September 22nd. Yeah. It's called? Prince Philip, the Royal Family Remembers. So. Okay. Just announced. Right in time for my birthday. Um, I right. know. Your birthday. <laughs> Moving love on. Love it. Okay, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. My low is just that Ofcom let Pierce Morgan off the hook after the complaints, the record 58,000 complaints against him after he called Megan a liar and stormed off set while discussing the Oprah interview with his on-air colleague. I can't believe that nothing came of this and that he's probably going to get his job back. I definitely believe in freedom of speech. I obviously, you know, as a journalist, that's so important, but this just feels like it should have been a slap on the wrist at least. But also my low is that he then, after finding out that he was basically vindicated, he walked into a window and wrote about it for the Daily Mail. This is so so weird. So Pierce Morgan found out about his victory while he was at that GQ award that Harry, you know, virtually Skyped into to talk about vaccines. And so Pierce was writing, he wrote this article for the Daily Mail that basically said he started getting all these congratulatory texts. And when Harry came on the screen, he tried to run out of the room because he was like disgusted that Harry was there, which is just like... Ugh, like Pierce Morgan, just uh, whatever. So while he was scrambling to leave, he ran into a window and cut his face open. What? And he he just like decided to share this story for the Daily Mail. Like this is all so bizarre and strange. And yeah, he basically just is wanting to share that he was that eager to run out of the room when Harry came on the oh my screen. My gosh, always making himself. What is wrong with this him? Wild. I know. Ugh. I know. I just really hope he doesn't get his job back. But it no, looks like he will, why? So. That- I thought he yeah. left too. I mean, that's just really weird. I know. Uh, Milo, sorry to say, is the Meghan and Harry Lifetime movie Escaping the Palace. In particular, I know it's like over-dramatized and a lot of liberties are taken. There's a lot of things that are really neck and neck with what, you know, real events. But the the opening is this, did you watch Roberta? I haven't watched yet. Okay. It's on my list. Basically, the opening is the Paris tunnel scene where, you know, just as we would no. imagine it looking like where Diana was killed. <gasps> and instead, it's Harry having a terrible dream. And instead of it being Diana in the car, it's Megan. And <sighs> he wakes up. And I just felt like really taken aback by that. I was not, That's I thought that that was not just something okay. that was really tasteless and didn't need to happen um but yeah in general i just i again i probably need to watch the first two i probably need to get on board with like the lifetime vibe of all of this right like if you're in the right mindset for it's like it's kind of just silly where you just have to laugh but then it's all it's like we talked about this before like they they talk about megan's thoughts of suicide and it just feels weird to dramatize that right yeah it's too soon for me all of it i think and like i just think that they take a lot of liberties as other series do. Like, I mean, I, I'm not expecting the crown here, but it just, I feel like the crown has at least given us more distance. But let's play, I want to do, I do want to play a quick clip from the Lifetime movie. Uh, what? What is it? What happened? 
Your written plan that the firm insisted that you put together to exit, the details have just been leaked to the tabloids. God damn it. How much do they know? Enough to keep them way ahead of us. I'm not going to let them. Before the story can gain momentum, we'll put out a statement. The Sussex Royal site. We can launch right now and post our statement in full. Uh, with respect, the Queen has not yet signed off on this. They can't say we didn't try. They forced our hand. Yeah. It just, I don't know. I feel <laughs> we're like, just silent. <laughs> yeah, we're just silent. I, I think in general, like, the actress that played Megan, her accent was impeccable. Cindy Morton, I was like, so I thought good. that I was I wanted to, Megan. to say that. I haven't watched it yet, but I did watch a lot of the YouTube clips, and I think she, like, sounds exactly like Megan. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it's weird. But in, in general, I just wasn't, wasn't that into it. That's my low. It's funny, though, like, I think if I watched it side by side with you, we'd be laughing the yeah, whole time. Yeah, maybe and it's would a be great, kind like, of a popcorn, delightful like, experience. group yeah. movie. I think it would be good. But, like, I felt like every time she said H, I was like, this feels so disingenuine. Like, I feel like, I don't know, I felt upset. Yeah, it's too, it's like, so, I just can't even imagine how weird it would be for Yeah, I hope they the stay away from Harry it. and Megan to, like, feel like, I don't know, whatever. Um, all right, our, my high this week is... Prince Harry at the GQ Awards because I have to go back to that. He just looked so good in that tux. The room, I mean, this is a room I don't think we've seen before in their home. And it has this like, inc- like incredible crown molding, white roses. Yeah, they he's like also turning 37 next. Yeah, he's also turning 37 next month. So I need to get my birthday card in the birthday mail. Birthday isn't it? No, boy. isn't it this month? I mean, what did I say? You said next, next month. month. I meant yeah. next week. Next week. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A week from today. A week from today. I got to get that, that birthday recording. card in the mail. I, I really am ah. committed to writing one. I just haven't done it yet. Harry, my high is Harry talking in a tux about vaccines and vaccine equity is hot. Hot, yes. hot, hot. It is hot. That's it. Yeah, that tux. Just my goodness. Big crush. My high, taking it away from the Sussexes, the Cambridge kids are learning to sail. Did you see this little nugget that really popped cute. up? Yes, yeah, I did. We won't likely have back to school picks. We know that, but we did get this gem that Kate apparently is teaching them to sail. I feel like Kate is just. I wanted to say a little pun, the anchor of the family, <laughs> but she really does know. Aww. Like, how does she know? Like, she knows how to sail. She knows how to garden. She knows how to paint. She knows how to photo- photograph, photograph things. <laughs> photograph. <laughs> but I just like, I love That's this. And, and apparently, you know, they were spotted in August. The family, they had a sail, a small boat on the Norfolk coast and someone saw William in trendy beach shorts and a cap and I just kept thinking of his like vaccine shot and like the like you know pull oh, the sleeve the arm. up I'm like picturing <laughs> it it's like we're just going for it with our highs this week uh but anyways yeah I, I just I can't I, imagine yeah. being a person on the boat next to them like oh my god that's Kate and George yeah. and the kids and uh, like you know what I mean I just think that would be so cool to see them all sailing and learning to sail and I, I just love that yeah it's, apparently the kids were like super too. comfortable diving off the boat and going swimming all that I just <gasps> like love this for them so and I yeah. I did also see did you see that the Cambridges made it to Balmoral finally they went um for the bank holiday weekend in the yeah. UK uh, and visited the queen and visited I the queen really which nice. I feel like it's actually to me interesting timing just because it was the same weekend that would have been the anniversary of Diana's passing so and they obviously we know William was at Balmoral for that time so maybe oh, right. there's some sort of you know 
sort of like morning yeah it must feel nice for him to return and kind of be with his family have some downtime during then yeah i read uh, from this source i think it was in vanity fair too that they were like picnicking and fishing and hiking and doing all the outdoor things so it sounds like they had a great cambridge end of summer summer. yeah i love it so that's my high i love those little nuggets and i read we're not getting picks for back to school because the kids are at the same school i guess that they were trying to do it when they change when they're starting at a new school okay when louis started at wilcox in april she released a picture with him on the bike, which mm-hmm. was so cute. And um, Charlotte started Thomas Battersea's last year, which is why we got – or no, two year, 2019, which is why we got that cute picture of them yeah. walking in. But we're not going they to be – give us a pick every year. I would accept it. I know. Well, now would be such a surprise because I'm not expecting it. So Yeah, low All expectations. Right, just, yeah. Just a reminder before we close, leave us a royal rating pretty please. Remember to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and send us an email info at gallerypodcasts.com. Until next week, God, God save, save the, the pod. pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.